Alchemy of Life, Dr. Lino Martinez, Spirited Dance with Destiny. Journey into the heart of resilience with Dr. Lino Martinez, a beacon of transformation, a spiritual warrior, an alchemist of life. Surviving a rare genetic disease and over 40 surgeries, he sculpted adversity into strength. His courageous transition from female to male at 34 paints a vivid testament to the power of authenticity. Now at 43, he stands as a monument of triumphant living. Dive into this memoir, A Little Less Fear, available that's on Kindle, and it's a symphony of courage and self-discovery echoing the melody of the human spirit. His poetry, A Rhythm of Love, serves as a universal language connecting us all. And behind the mic, he resonates wisdom as a podcaster, inspiring listeners globally. Embark on this enlightening voyage with Dr. Martinez. Embrace your transformation with a little less fear. Like, share, and subscribe. Let's radiate this beacon of inspiration together. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show where you're about to go on a wellness-driven ride. the same after we learned our 21-year-old daughter, Kristen, was murdered by her ex-boyfriend. It's a parent's worst nightmare. How much did we really know about domestic violence back then? Clearly not enough. Now we know plenty. We know domestic violence, or DV, can happen to anyone. One in three women suffer physical violence at the hands of intimate partners during their lifetimes. One in three. I'm Bill Mitchell, host of the When Dating Hurts podcast. And my interviews with DV counselors, law enforcement, and especially actual DV survivors give the pandemic of domestic violence the attention it deserves. The When Dating Hurts podcast. It's a series of lives being saved. I'm thrilled to introduce our guest for you today. Resilient and extraordinary, Lino Martinez has turned adversity into triumph. Born with a rare Muckle-Wells syndrome and transitioning to male at 34, Lino's journey is marked by over 40 surgeries. Now 43, he is a doctor of psychology and champions healing through his work on chronic urological conditions. A poet, singer, podcaster, an advocate for the deaf community, Lino is also an author, hoping to inspire love and peace through his book, A Little Less Fear. Please help me welcome Dr. Lino Martinez. Thanks so much. This is awesome. It's an incredible, it's an honor, and it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. 
You are very, very welcome. I'm really looking forward to sharing your inspiring journey with the audience today. Dr. Lino Martinez, can you start by sharing a little bit about your background? Let's go you know, way back. Give us a little taste of what it was like growing up for you. So growing up for me, I mean, it, life was a challenge right from the start. I was a preemie. I was a breech baby. The cord was wrapped around my neck. And I used to tell a joke saying, oh, my goodness, I knew it was going to be a tough life because I was trying to take my life in the womb by wrapping the cord around my neck. And so I was uh, right a little under five pounds, four and a half pounds. And my life kind of just took a turn right at probably about five or six months old where I started experiencing some illnesses, spasms in my body. And um, I didn't really get to thrive, grow much. I stayed a little person. And um, but I was always doing really well in school. I was always a straight A student, exceeding in school, but somehow had a lot of complications with my health right from the start. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, that sounds like similar to me. I had a lot of complications as well, although probably not as many as you. But you're right. Like you just talked about, you know, five months old where you were having these kind of complications. So I'm very curious because I know my own journey, but how did you respond when you started going into school? You said you were a great student, but did you have to, you know, maybe visit doctors more often? Like how did it affect your childhood as, as far as your health and just being an average ordinary kid? Well, I, I went to the doctor. I mean, I was in the hospital off and on as a little kid, but not as often as once I hit my 20s. For me, it was mostly I wasn't gaining weight. I wasn't growing. Mm -hmm. And I got made fun of a lot in school because I was so tiny. I was the runt. And I even have this specific memory my first my first day of third grade. And the teacher came up to me. And I was always on time, a little early. And I was in the front row. And, my, and this teacher comes up to me. And she said, oh, sweetheart, kindergarten is next door. And I, I put my hands on my hips. And I said, I'm in third grade. <laughs> And so, I mean, these were some of the things that I went through being such a, like, a little person, you know, but other than that, it actually gave me character and it helped me work even harder to be on top. And so, um, but the real, real struggles as far as being constantly living in the hospital began at about 26 years old. And mm -hmm. uh, by then it, it, the disease had progressed so far in advance that it was, it was pretty much too late by then. Dr. Lino Martinez, can you share with the audience a little bit about what the disease is? If most of us don't understand what it is, can you describe what it is, what it does, how it affects you? So I was diagnosed at 36 years old. Yes, it took 36 years to get a diagnosis. And the disease is called Muckle-Well syndrome. That's two words, Muckle, M-U-C-K-L-E, Wells, and then syndrome. It is statistically one in a million in the United States and wow. half of that's like one every 500,000 in Europe because it's mostly common in European descent. And what it is, it's a mutation in the NLRP3 genetic variant. However, in some people, it's not, it, it doesn't even have to mutate. It almost acts as a satellite. If ever there's any type of environmental stresses, the, mm. the, the gene could just activate, turn on, and it's like a sensor. It's like, what's going on? Danger, danger. And if it feels dangerous, it'll start to, what one of my doctors called it a drama queen, start to overreact, be a drama queen, and cause excessive mm -hmm. inflammation throughout my body. And excessive inflammation, not just in a specific organ or, or a specific uh, part of my body, but it can be in my nerves, it could be my brain, it could be in my eyes, 
It could be in any anything that's a cell on my body. It can cause inflammation. And so um, that that is the exaggeration of Muckle-Well syndrome, the fact that it can cause inflammation and exaggeration to the point where it can cause paralysis. And that's basically what happened with me. It caused atypical paralysis in some of my peripheral nerves and my motor nerves. And uh, mm. one of the biggest things that I lost was my urinary bladder. It's really unheard of. To this day, I've only met one person that has had their bladder removed, and he was in his 90s. My mm. bladder started to give up at 26. And by the time I was 33, I mean, they already, I already had by then like 15, 16, 17 surgeries trying to save the urinary bladder. But they couldn't. And so um, basically what it happened is my pelvic muscles kind of became paralyzed and I was not able to expel urine. And just like with any muscle or anything in the body, if you don't use it, you lose it. So because I wasn't peeing normally, the bladder started to harden and shrink. And towards the end, I was only holding four ounces of liquid. And with only four mm -hmm. ounces of liquid, you best believe I had to go pee all. And because the muscles weren't working, only a couple drips would come out. So I started to catheterize and catheterizing up to 10 times a day, which is 300 times a month for a whole year. And when you catheterize oh 300 times a month, it, you start to get strictures and it starts to bleed and it gets stuck. And it just got to the point where I just wasn't living anymore. I was I was dying yeah. a very slow death. And, and um, the first thing to go was my urinary bladder. So I had a really huge operation in uh, when I was 33 years old where they did a complete reconstruction of my urinary tract system and they cut my ureter, my ureters, which are the tubes from my kidneys to my bladder. They completely removed the entire bladder. They completely removed my urethra. They removed my appendix and about two sections of my small intestine, about 50 inches total to create a reservoir to hold my urine. Now they call it a neobladder, N-E-O, like a new bladder. And so they reconnected the, the ureter tubes to that. And then they used my appendix as a conduit in my opening, as it's called a stoma, around my abdomen, where I now catheterize about seven times a day. And that took about five years to heal from. So it wasn't like just a, a quick surgery. Oh, here's your surgery. You'll be good in three months. It was like, here's your surgery. Let's see how your body adapts. It took five years to heal. It was, it was, yeah. it's, it was quite a life-changing event. Well, Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that is definitely an, an extreme, extraordinary journey of navigating all of this. And so when you first started, I'm like, oh my gosh, it sounds so much like SLE, systemic lupus, which is what, what I have. And, you know, where the body is just constantly fighting itself and it gets angry and, you know, all of the inflammation, et cetera. And, um, I like to uh, to say that I could top you, but Dr. Latino, um, excuse me, Lino Martinez, I cannot top you. I you've yeah. you've got it, maybe as far as that goes, and um, I do not envy you. So when you were going through all of this, I mean that must have been so challenging. I mean there must have been many times where you felt like you said, this isn't living. I, I don't even know if I want to be here. What was that like for you? That happened a lot. I mean, I graduated with my doctorate in 2010 when I was 30 years old and I already started having surgeries two years before that. So luckily the faculty helped me and I was able to do a lot of my assignments in, in the hospital. But shortly after graduating, it was straight to the hospital and I lived in hospitals for over 10 years. And so um, I missed the whole Facebook era 
Facebook became big. I never had one. I still haven't had one to this day. And I never even watched TV those 10 years. It was just me hitting the books, reading a lot and trying to persevere with self-growth and try to figure out who I am inside and, and how I'm going to survive. And if I'm even going to live, I didn't know if I was going to live. Can anyone live without their urinary bladder? Can that, I mean, in all the studies at the time, they only had up to five years of, of literature. Oh, people, five years survival rate. I'm like, five, what's past five years? This surgery hasn't been done that often, so we really don't know. So I wasn't this a lot of I don't know what's going to happen. But within that time, um, because it, I mean I was 33 when I when I lost my bladder, but those three years in between trying to find a diagnosis, other things kept also failing. And one of the biggest things that I lost was my ability to talk. So by the time I was uh, 38, 39, 40, 38, 38, I lost my ability to speak. Mm-hmm. And um, the 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 disease that paralyzed my vocal cords. And anyone that has gone through par- paralysis of any sort can can contest and detest on how awful it is if you even try to move anything that's paralyzed. And in even breathing, because your vocal cords move even when you breathe, even breathing hurt. So I was in bed a lot. And set aside aside from that, uh, April, I had a feeding tube for eight years. So at the time, I thought, okay, I have a feeding tube. I'm losing my ability to eat. I wear in hearing aids. I can't talk. I can't pee. I'm like, what? What's left of me? What's left of my life? Really? What am I supposed to do? And and what am I supposed to do with my life? I went to school to be a doctor, to be able to listen to patients, to be able to speak to patients. I can't do either. I can't do any of that. And so it was actually in the moment of silence when I wasn't speaking that I went to school to sign school, learn sign language, and I became very close to the deaf community. Beautiful, beautiful community. And they, they accepted me, I mean, open arms. And so I learned a different way to communicate. And in that way, it, during that silence is actually when I became very spiritual. And I went and I saw a monk speak at a theater. And when I saw the monk on stage with the lights on him and he's in his orange robes, it's just something lit up inside me. And, mm-hmm. I, and I remember him saying something along the lines of, just because you're suffering doesn't mean you, ha- you have to be in pain. And just because you're in pain doesn't mean you have to be suffering. And I'll never forget that because I thought, what? I thought suffering and pain came hand in hand. I guess they don't. Yeah. yeah. And he went ahead to, to describe how everything's really in the mind. No matter what you're going through, you, you can control your mind. You can control anything. And so then I started to really trust myself and love myself more. And I went inward. And the, the, the more deeper I went inward, the closer I got to, I, I met the right doctors, the right immunosuppressants. I got on the right medications. My voice started to come back. And um, I mean, here I am now at 43 and I'm thriving. I'm thriving for the first time. I just injected for the last time this last week with my immunosuppressant. I don't have a feeding tube anymore. That was taken out eight months ago. So um, I work out five days a week. Yeah. And and all of this because of the power of the mind, because of the power of self-love and the power of connection and trusting people. Oh, my gosh. Congratulations. And your story is mind blowing. I I'm just like standing here in awe and it's not too often that I have a guest that really takes me like fully engulfed in their story the way that you are. And so it sounds to me like you just kept striving for some sort of answer, anything whether it was in your studies, your reading, um, you know, you continue to forge forward with the schooling. Amazingly enough, it just 
it is very mind blowing to me that that you just kept this perseverance of, you know, wanting to continue going. And so many people might not make that choice. And that's why it's rare for certain people to be able to go into something else. So I love when you have gone into the self-love aspect with the power of the mind, the mental fortitude. And, you know, just, I would love to know a little bit more because by utilizing some of those things, you have really come on top and congratulations, by the way, with all of the things that you have now recently even accomplished. Yeah. That's absolutely fabulous. So that. you're welcome. What, that. what are some of the things that you started doing slowly? Like if, if I, if I think about not having my voice, mm -hmm. like, did you start into a lot of writing? Were you able to do that? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I've been writing since I was seven years old and luckily that I, I did, I continued to write. That was your question, correct? About writing? Yes. I've always written and I still write and, and it's always been, it, it still is one of my ways of connecting with my higher self, with God, with, with spirituality, with higher consciousness. And it almost channels through me. But um, there was something else I was going to say about quiet time about lose, the, go back to the question. You, you started the question with, well, you know, when I picture going through, you know, and I think of myself included when we have those times, those down times, like you weren't able to speak, you weren't able right. to, to move too much. Mm -hmm. And so you have to go within You're forced to, our bodies are just right. like, guess yeah. what? You don't have anything else to do. This is, <laughs> this is it. So yes, you get to know yeah. yourself. You get to figure out what it's like to, what your thoughts are. You really pay attention to that. You really pay attention to learning to love yourself. And what does that look like? What does that yeah. feel like? So, so I, yeah, I, I, you know, you went into writing and, but just the, the in-depth aspect of that, of when we're silent. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Candy Apple Advocacy, the podcast for parents who want to advocate for their children's education. I'm Jim Mallard, and I'm here with my wife, Tabby. We've been through the trenches of raising kids in the school system and know how tough it can be. But we also know how essential it is to advocate for your child and their education. That's why we started this podcast, to share our experiences and insights with other parents to help them become more effective advocates for their children. On this podcast, we'll talk about everything from general education, general school advice, the school choices you have available to you, different education styles, individualized education plans, 504s, and all those key terms that you've heard but don't know what they are. We'll talk to experts. We'll also talk to parents and hear their stories. We'll share our stories with you and give you tools you need to be a strong advocate for your child and yourself. Whether you're a new parent or have been in the game for a while, we invite you to join our community. Let's advocate together. You know, I got to say that I was that being silent actually really saved my life because it allowed me to find more of who I am inside. So as you as as people heard in the beginning of the show, I'm a transgender, transgender, I'm a trans man. I lived the first 34 years of my life as a female. And and those were the times where I was dying in the hospital. And I thought to myself when I was in the hospital living a lie. And I say living a lie because mm -hmm. I knew who I was inside but I was living for my family. I was living for everyone else. I was living for Catholicism. I was going to go to hell if I transitioned. 
And right. I realized, you know what? I'm not going to go to hell. I know that I'm a good person. And if Caitlyn Jenner can transition in her 60s, why can't I do it in my 30s? And so I, at that moment, it was really life or death, being honest with you, because I thought, you know, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die in the right body, not in this female body that doesn't feel like me. And so it, I didn't even tell my parents. I really didn't tell anybody. I just, I took it upon myself. I already had been seen a psychiatrist and a psychologist for 15 years, and they already knew how I thought, and they signed the papers. And, and I started hormonal uh, replacement therapy at 34. So uh, I mean, it, it, it that was really tough. It was really tough actually going through a second puberty in my 30s. And so wow. but yeah. when I, I mean, because, <laughs> I mean, going through puberty in your 30s means that I had to get, you know, acne. My voice started to crack and I started to get a hairy chest, but I still had breasts. It was very uncomfortable very, going through this at, at an older, at an older age. But I knew I had to do it because I could see the end results. You know, I could see who I was. I know who I am. I could see who I'm going to become in the future and what I might look like. Yeah, I hope yeah. I get a beard. You know, these were all the things that I was hoping for. And so I went for it. And then when I became silent, that was already um, about four years into the transition. And four years into the transition, I'm still a little pubescent. I already had the double mastectomy. Um, I believe I had a hysterectomy at the time already. And so here I am sitting in silence in my new young maleness and the grief that I was experiencing is, will I ever get my voice back? This whole time mm -hmm. I wanted to be a man to sound like a man. Now it doesn't even matter if I'm going to sound like a man. Yeah. And so I just, just, there was just a lot of things that went through me. And then, so when I, when I went inward and started meditating a lot and praying a lot, I realized, you know what? I'm not transgender. I'm not once female to male. I'm not, five foot two. I'm not a doctor. I'm not, I'm not a doctor in clinical. I'm none of these. What I am is I'm mm. love and I'm a, I'm a being of light and I'm the divine nature. All of these are just labels. And when I started to see that these are just labels given to us for whatever reasons, either to survive or to identify or to connect or to give people insecurities, none of it was serving me at that moment. The only thing mm. that was serving me was knowing that I'm a being of light, that I'm a being of gratitude, that I'm all love. And when I started to see myself in the eyes of love, I started acting more with the eyes of love and welcoming everyone with the eyes of love and loving myself and loving everything that I've gone through. But I had to change that, April. I had to change that when I got, even just two years ago, because I had this grateful mindset. I'm so grateful I went through this. I'm so grateful I went through that because look at me now. But this whole this whole thing that I that I realized, because this even this last year, I, I went and had a couple surgeries and I was like, what happened here? Because I thought I was in remission. I'll tell you what happened. What happened is that I was being grateful for all the surgeries I had. The universe will always give you more things to be uh -huh. grateful for if you're, <laughs> you're constantly grateful for certain things. So if I'm yeah. saying I'm grateful for the surgeries I had, they're going to give me more surgeries to be grateful for. So I actually had to let that go and actually literally let it go. That's my past. It's no longer me. I went through it. I'm appreciative of the lessons. And this is my new life now. And once I was able to let that go, other things started opening up for me and I, and there's no more surgeries. <laughs> there's no more surgeries that are going to happen. I love that. I, there's so much that I just really is profound to me for the audience to be able to take away with that. Dr. Lino, because you, you talked about how you had to let go of the identities and it's so often yes. that we all create 
an identity for this, or we are a, a parent, we are our profession, right. we right. are right. this or that. And it is so difficult. It's one of the most difficult things that we can learn to let go. And it takes a long time and it does definitely have to go within. And I love how you describe it, that we are light, that we are love, because that's exactly what God is, what source is. And if we know that we are made from that, that that's what we are. And, and coming to that understanding and realization is it takes a lot of work. It's very uncommon. And, um, that's so awesome that you did it. And all of the things that have happened to you're right. I love that you pointed out um, being grateful. Yes, we should be grateful. But like you said, the universe just gives you and reflects what you're exactly. grateful for. <laughs> right. So you know, I'm grateful for the surgeries. Okay, here's some more. And so exactly. that is <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that because it's it's that perspective on how how can we better learn to communicate that you know it's 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 on what we say it's the way that we word things it really is, you know, and that could be really challenging where a lot of people, well, it's all in semantics or it's all in wording. And it actually really is. And when you start yeah. to change your wording, you start to change your belief system and your thoughts are just basically your beliefs. Your beliefs are, your thoughts are, if you're constantly thinking the same thing, it's going to become your belief. And so if you change the way that you think things, eventually you're going to start to change the whole paradigm. You're going to change your life. You're going to change your future. You're going to change your present. And by doing that is as easy as, as, as asking yourself questions and going inward. And so I invite people and I invite you and I invite guests or whoever's listening at your own time, when you have silence time to yourself, whether it's five minutes before you go to bed, ask yourself, who am I if, if I'm not a mother, if I'm not a father or a husband mm -hmm. or a professor or a mechanic or, or a beggar? If you're not any of this, who are you? And if mm -hmm. nothing comes in and you don't know, sit in that silence, you'll start to get a, a word or two, love, light, um, yeah. perception, one with all. And well, what does that mean? Well, what does it mean for you? You just keep asking yourself these questions and you can't go wrong. Oh, I love that. I love that. So we're going to go into our first commercial, Dr. Lena Martinez. <laughs> and you. I love the conversations we're having. Um, and we'll talk more when we get back. Stay tuned. Awesome. Are you a practitioner or a coach listening to this if so, I would love to ask you, do you use hypnotherapy in your practice working with clients? And if not, would you like to? The power of hypnotherapy is limitless. And so often we experience our clients struggling to reach their goals. It's because they're coming up against their own brick walls and getting stuck. But you can help them through the power of hypnosis break through all of that working with their unconscious mind to put the suggestions in to have them taking the action to achieve the results that they want they are thrilled with your coaching techniques they're getting the results they want you feel amazing because you are helping your client get the results they want it's a win-win and another win is that it's an added revenue stream for you in your business. So if you like the feel of helping your clients get the results they want, if you like the sound of that, then definitely reach out Melissa at yourguidedhealthjourney.com or click the link tree link below for my unlimited power of hypnosis class to learn more. 
It's a weekend designation program that I teach, valid in 42 countries. You write an exam after taking the experiential course, and you can be admitted to the American Board of Hypnotherapy and start using hypnotherapy one-to-one with your clients and have them achieving the results they want. All right. So Dr. Lena Martinez, you have really described this major healing journey and learning how to go within, learning what the silence brings us and what a gift that it is. What are some of the things that you were researching? You have so many good um, words that you utilize and descriptions that you utilize. Were there certain books or certain people that you followed that were your guides? Yeah, you know, a lot of this transformation became when I started practicing practicing Buddhism. And there's an incredible book called The Joyful Path of Good Fortune. It's a 700-page book. I think I'm probably barely in the 500s. And it, it goes through everything in life from suffering to forgiveness to um, acceptance to compassion, which is huge. Compassion is so huge. And mm. so, I mean, I... I I really, I, I love it. I mean, there's a lot of other books. Louise Hayes. Louise Hayes is incredible because she basically writes about how certain diseases get stuck in certain parts of your body. So of one of the parts, this is really incredible. So if people believe in incarnation or reincarnation, yes, you could say these are the cards I was dealt with because I signed contracts to come into this life to go through this. But if you're not aware of that, what can you be aware of? And so Louise Hayes will tell you that there's, there's, there's special or I'm sorry, there's certain temperaments that get stored in different parts of your body, which create disease. Mm. And one thing that I learned is that fear gets stored in the whole sacral area. And yeah. what was the first thing to go for me was my urinary bladder. And did I have fears back then? Oh, yeah, I had, a, I had all kinds of fears growing up. I mean, one of the biggest fears was I couldn't be myself, my, the gender that I knew that I was. And that's the sacral mm. area. That's the whole gender, that sexuality, that's creativity. That's where everything yeah. starts in your whole pelvic area. And so when I started to actually read these books and then recognize that, that different emotions cause certain diseases, I, I started going through my body and scanning my body. Okay, well, what about this? Oh, wow. Anger is a very big cause of, of cancer. A bunch of mm. other things that are met metastatic cancer, that is. So it's like work on your anger. Why not to be so angry? Yeah, I'm not saying <laughs> that that's true for every single cancer, but what it says that if there, if for metastatic cancer, like if, let's say that there's a cancer and then mm -hmm. it keeps spreading and they keep getting and it keeps spreading, almost always there's some unlocked or locked emotion with a certain disease, and it's important yeah. to go in and and ask yourself these questions. What am I angry about? What kind of resentment do I have? What am I holding on to? Where do I feel the resentment in my body? Oh, my chest, my heart rate is up. Well, your heart chakra, love, is your heart broken? Has your heart broken? Have you forgiven anybody? Where are your resentments? Mm -hmm. And a lot of the time, you a lot of the times people need to forgive themselves. And that's really where it starts. And having even compassion for yourself. My goodness, yeah. I went through all this. Let's go back to the timeline hug yourself and say, I forgive you for going through what you went through. This is what you needed to go through to survive. But this isn't you. This isn't your identity. Let's clear that. Let's take a deep breath together. Hey, little Lino, I love you. Let's do this together. Let's release the stress. So mm. it, it, a lot of it is really doing a lot of shadow work as well. Getting yeah. rid of disease and thriving from disease can go pretty deep from self-exploration, loving yourself, and going through all the centers of your body and seeing where you have trapped emotions, because that's really where a lot of the underlying issues are, trapped emotions. 
Yeah. How do you, what, what's a good way to be able to help somebody understand um, how to start doing that to, to do that shadow work? That's a good question. So for me, the, I mean, for me, the way it started was just through a lot of distress. And I hope that people don't have to go down this way. I hope people don't have to wait till they're crying or having the dark night of the soul to figure this out. But it could be as small as even having a headache and just sitting down and saying, okay, my head is throbbing. Let's see, what did I go through today? Okay, well, today I went through this. I went through this. Oh, okay, well, what, what kind of feeling did that invoke? What kind of stress? And what does that stress tell me? that I'm not good enough, that I'm not gonna be able to succeed in life, but are these true? And mm. actually start asking yourself these questions, but well, none of these things are true. None of these negative things that we tell ourselves are ever true because all negative emotion is fear. It's all the underlying emotion is fear. With, ne with anything negativity is fear, that's all it is. And there's only two emotions in life. It's either fear or love, love or fear. Mm. And if it's not love, it's gonna be something negative or it's gonna be fear. And so yeah. when you're actually able to tap into that and ask yourself your, this question, then you're able to start releasing and recognizing, oh, no, that's fear. That's really, that's why I have this headache. Wow, that's why my, my yeah. head is throbbing. Okay. And you kind of just break it down that way. Yeah. And, and it's definitely all tied to emotion. I think that that was one of my understandings through my, my journey with health is that all of it is tied to emotion. Anytime I had a major flare up, it was during times of enormous stress or enormous transition or anything that was just shook up my world. And like around six months later, give or take, I would become so ill. But that, you know, you start noticing the things that keep coming up. So one of the things I would love to ask you is you've done so much work. Have you, yeah, or do yeah. you still come to some times where you feel like, gosh, I thought I already did that work, this self-love work. Why am I still being aggravated in certain areas? Absolutely. Actually, I mean, it, just recently, um, kind of going through a separation with someone. I mean, we're in the friends, we're, we're in the friend zone right now, but I'm in the uh, feelings of missing, missing her. And mm. while I was going through this, I mean, it's only been about a month and a half, but in with for the first month, it was, I mean, crying almost every day and starting to have these feelings. And guess what happened those two weeks? I got a sinus infection. It's not just a coincidence. Your body will start to shut down and you will start to get sick. And yeah. so I have to, I had to go back inward and do some shadow work. What is this? Why am I feeling such rejection? Is it true that I'm unworthy and I'm, and I'm loved if I get ghosted? No. Well, where right. do these feelings come from? Oh, this reminds me of when I was a kid and my mom did this. Oh, okay. Well, let's go back to that timeline. So yeah. it's like doing a lot of this work. And then I also, I, I part, I partook, partake, partaken. I don't know what's the right way to say. I partook in a seven day meditation that included rocks. And I don't mean crystals, I mean rocks oh. down the street. And in this seven day mm -hmm. meditation, we were to find rock, three different rocks. And what rocks do is they absorb an energy. They can absorb negative energy and transmute that back to earth and take it out of you. And so in the seven day meditative journey, I you were to name each rock and according to your insecurities or whatever you wanted to release, and one of the rocks was was named um, insecure, was named undeserving, unloved, 
and um, what was the last word? Undeserving. And you are to talk to these rocks with these labels that you gave them based on your, your assumptions of yourself. Mm. And during this meditative journey, I realized how none of that was true. And I started to fall in love with my rocks. So you were to, to write and talk to these, these rocks and write them letters. And I remember on the third night, I looked at one of the rocks and I said, well, hello, undeserving, unloved, unworthy. No, you're that you're none of that. That's not true. You are love and I do love you and you are worthy and you're beautiful and you're perfect the way you are. And God created you. Look at every crevice. You're perfect. And so then you kind of start to see the transformation. And, and yeah. it, it was just one of the most beautiful journeys I've ever went through. So, yes, I'm still on this journey that I'm going through right now to help improve myself again so that when I go back into a relationship, I go back as a more emotionally healed man. And, and just ready yeah. to, to come from a more beautiful place of self-acceptance and not letting past traumas get in the way. I really like that we bring this up because I think that some people might feel that it's there's like this end to, to self-development, to being enlightened, so to speak. And I don't yeah. feel that there is. I feel like it's just this continuous work, continuous journey. And there's always going to be things that come up that kind of set us back like within our relationships. Right. And it, and it does have us questioning and doing that shadow work that you speak of where we're like, where is this stemming from? What memories do I have from the past that's bringing up this right. emotion? And I, I, I really like to bring it up because of just that, that the people have this idea that, oh, once I get here, I'm going to be good. And, and that's not the purpose of the life journey or, or the soul's yeah. journey, I don't believe. And I was just going through that work last night. I was yeah. speaking yeah. with my husband and I'm like, I don't understand why I feel this way. And so what's beautiful about a really great relationship is you can help each other walk through that process. And it, it's a beautiful yes. thing. That is a beautiful thing. It really is. And yeah, I mean, the soul is always going to, the soul always wants to evolve. I mean, the soul, your pure soul is already in its pure, beautiful form, but our human self wants to evolve closer to the soul the soul's ability to be. And we want yeah. to be closer to our soul, our higher self. And in doing so, we're going to come across all these obstacles that are definitely going to pop pop up in front of our faces that it's going to either push us down or push us up or both down and up. Yeah. Yeah. So Dr. Lino Martinez, I would really like to ask you, because you, you touched on it just a little bit, but I'm curious because you you have gone through um, the transition from woman to man and you talked about reincarnation just a tad. I'm curious because you went through that, because you felt like you were someone different in this, you know, a different form in this lifetime. Have you really gone into studying reincarnation? reincarnation? Has it piqued your curiosity because of your experiences? The deepest I've gone is studying a lot of uh, Dolores Cannon's research, her hypnosis, uh, all of the literature that she's done. She's got a school of hypno hypnotherapy, and she she had over three thousand patients that she uh, clients that she hypnotized, and all of them talking about their past lives and reincarnation. 
And so when I started to discover all this and even doing past life regressions, and I've seen maybe just a couple lives where I was a female, but most of the time I see a lot of myself being a man in a lot of, in a lot of my lives. It actually made me realize that it's okay that I was born as a female the first 34 years, because a lot of the times I went through a, a lot of a lot of the grief, like, well, you know, I missed out on being a young boy. I missed out on being a teenage boy. I missed out on being a boy in my 20s or even in my early 30s. And all of a sudden, I'm I'm a 43 year old man. How? What am I supposed to? How? You know, it takes a lifetime to be a 43 year old man. But then I started to realize, you know what? I've been a woman and I've been a man many times in other lives. It's just this current energy, this current timeline. I'm not missing out. Mm. And if anything, I'm gaining because the beautiful thing and the, the, the awesome thing that I was able to be a woman the first 34 years of my life is that I can be an awesome boyfriend and an awesome husband. I know what it's like to have a menstrual cycle. I know what it's like to be taken advantage by men. I know what it's like to not be able to say no to a man because you're scared and there's trauma. I know all kinds mm. of things being a female. And mm. because of that, I'm able to be a better man to my woman and yeah. be a little more understanding and a little more compassionate. And so um, I'm, I'm really glad that I, that I incarnated and chose to be both genders in this life. It's really given me ability to love humans in, in, in unconditionally and to see us all for who we are and now what we are, what we possess. Yeah. I mean, it absolutely broadens the perspective. I mean, I'm, it opens up your mind on so many different levels that most people don't have the capacity to even go there. So yeah, I, I mean, it definitely, I would think very much enlightens you in so many respects. It does. <laughs> it really does. Yeah. So we'll go into our second commercial. And when we get back, I can't wait to hear a little bit more about what you do now and the what's next. So stay tuned. Thank you. KimJacobsConsulting.com. You know, people say opportunity knocks on every door. Right. No. Opportunity stands by silently waiting for you to recognize it. So I want you to recognize that this is a time for you. This is an incredible time to have your own talk show. It establishes a level of credibility. Yes. And by being exposed to people on a regular basis, it allows you to strategically begin to impact and attract your audience. She can take you in a place in yourself that you can't go by yourself. So go to KimJacobsConsulting.com. That's KimJacobsConsulting.com. Did I say KimJacobsConsulting.com? Yes, you did. Very good. Make sure you go there and sign up for the coaching. And we're looking forward to working with you. You have something special. You have greatness within you. All right. So welcome back. And you have so many cool stories, so many inspiring stories. My goodness. I, I, I think it's awesome that you're doing a podcast. That's how I came into contact with you. And so I would love to talk a little bit about that. What inspired you to create a show? Actually, what inspired me to create a show was uh, my higher self during meditation and when I was in silence and when mm -hmm. I was in one of the dark night of the soul and I was meditating and I asked, what am I to do with my life? One, the message said that you were gonna, I was going to create a podcast. And I said, well, that is ridiculous. I can't talk. How, how am I going to create a podcast? 
And I kept getting the words trust, believe, trust, believe. And then and then I heard I was going to write a book and I was like, okay, I could see that. I love writing. Sure. A book about all my life. Okay, I can. Sure. Let's do that. When when do I start now? Okay. so these messages I trusted and I believe. So I I mean, I started right away. My book is 379 pages. It starts from birth to the last surgery I had and to into my transition and all the things that I've gone through and went through. And I also share 50 of my poems on there. And so, um, so I decided to podcast, uh, my first year was with one vocal cord. So when I finally got on the right medications, the right immunosuppressants, one of my mm-hmm. first left vocal cord started to come in. And when I started to, to talk again, I thought, oh, well, okay, higher self, uh, higher consciousness was right. Here comes my voice. I guess I got to start this podcast. And so I started the very first podcast I did. I was very nervous. I didn't even know what I was going to, my podcast was even going to be about. I was just following the path. Yeah. And the path said, start a podcast, get yourself a mic. It was the cheesiest mic. It was maybe like 20 bucks on Amazon. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, well, what, what yeah. am I going to do? And then, and then the, I remember just thinking like, what, what's it, my first episode going to be? What am I? And, and I heard, say your truth, say your truth. You're transgender. And I was like, no, because I don't I don't want the world to be like, well, who is this trans guy? Because I was already done with the label. Yeah. But I also yeah. figured there's something in that that I needed that I needed to say. So the very, mm-hmm. very first pot, I mean, I'm already at maybe 200, over 200 episodes, something like that. But the very first podcast was I'm transgender. And it was really difficult for me because I don't come out meeting people that way. I, I don't I just feel like a man. I don't I feel I mean, it's just a transition is what happened. I had just had a transition. But for some reason, that was the first that was the first episode coming out and what I went through and how I was raised a female and how horrible it was being forced into makeup and heels and bows in my hair and and just um, the agony of being pushed to be somebody you're not. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, that's how I started. And then and then I slowly started reaching out to other trans men. I was like, well, I'll start here. Let me reach out to other trans men. So I was on Instagram like, hey, I started a podcast. Do you mind coming out? Blah, blah, blah. And the next thing I know, I. I met this guy. He's he's this awesome dude, and he's married. He's a trans man, really handsome trans man, married with two daughters. And I was like, "Wow, what did this be? Would you, uh, you and your wife can I interview both of them?" They're like, "Sure." Like, well, this is incredible. And so yeah. then it, it led to them talking about how they met, and they they met back when he was still a she, and they were friends, and she knew he was really a he. And I was just motivated after that. So then, um, but it was difficult, April. The first year with one vocal cord was very painful and it hurt to even be like, uh-huh, yeah, to even say that. So I'd often look at the time and be like, oh, it's only been 10 minutes. But I <sighs> kept going and I kept going. And then uh, after a year and a half, I finally got the second vocal cord back. So I've I've been with two full vocal cords now for about two, a little over two and a half years. So I'm, that's how it started. You <laughs> sound incredible. Oh, thank you. I, I, I love that my voice is back. I yeah. love that my voice is back. You sound so good. And how incredibly powerful. I mean, to be able to share your truth just right off the bat. And I I can only imagine how that gave you so much, like it propelled you into the confidence that you needed to keep going. I mean, you just started right off the bat with that. And, you know, even for myself, I love utilizing my guests as my buffer for my sure. own <laughs> personal story and journey, you know, to come out in like little increments, right. As, as we sure. speak and discuss together, but it is something, it's very difficult to be able to just share yourself and share your journey. 
um, and your truth to the world. It is, it is something, yeah. and it's amazing to me that, you know, you had the, the issue with your throat chakra, right? Because I mean, it's just so fitting for your story and you got it right on. Yeah. yeah. When we, when we have issues with that, it's, it's what truth are we not speaking? Exactly. And so the more truthful I was, I mean, I mean, it's just with, I mean, look at me now, you know, I'm, I'm being myself now and all my chakras I feel are, are constantly working together and in harmony, mm -hmm. but the podcast ended up evolving to becoming personal growth stories and yeah. journeys of people's lives. And it just happened that way. And it happened that way because it was my own personal growth in the beginning. And it still is. And the, yeah. even, even in the beginning, I, I remember I was interviewing, I interviewed this, this really handsome model looking trans guy. And my question to him, because he was single. And, and at the time I was very insecure, you know, I was like, well, how am I going to date a woman? How am I going to, how am I going to meet a woman close to my age when I, when I don't have that much experience as a man? And I, and I asked mm -hmm. him, Hey, are you ever insecure? And he's like, Nope. I was like, what? And so I, the more that I interviewed other people, the more it gave me courage and confidence, yeah. you know? So I was like, well, hang on a minute. Look at him. He's confidence can be. What, what am I insecure of really? So a lot of yeah. these false beliefs that we tell each other that are not even true. Yeah. It's, it's I, really I would, I would love to, to share the same experience when it comes to our guests, you know, when we're interviewing people that we, we idolize in such a way, you know, or we're like, oh my gosh, you're doing these incredible things and they are. And then you get to see the very human level. Sorry, hearing a lot of reverb. I'm not sure why, but you, you get to see that they're just as, they're just people like you and I. Yeah. And right. so it, it's a, it's very grounding and it definitely does help you be able to show up more confidently in the world. Uh, Dr. Lino Martinez, I would love to go back just a little bit because you, uh, you went into, oh, now I'm losing my train of thought. Sure. You talked about, oh goodness, I forgot. I, I was, I really wanted to go into it and I can't remember what I, what I was going to say, <laughs> That's okay. but so I'll just let you talk a little bit more about the podcast journey until I remember what I wanted to say. Sure. I just, I love podcasting. And right now I release two episodes a week and um, there was a time where I was doing three. And for me, that was, that was a little bit too much. Cause I have, um, I write a lot of poetry as well. So I'm constantly writing and publishing and I have a new um, Instagram. I also create e-cards. So people are interested in having any type of, poem. I do video poetry with voice. Mm -hmm. I can do it with voice or with music and, um, or I can create my own videos or download videos and I create it for businesses. I also create e-cards for uh, holidays, mother's day, Valentine's day, or whatever it is, or any, anything that you need. And uh, you can go on poetic dot alignment. That's my Instagram handle. If you want to see any of the video poetry that I've created, and you can also go on my website at www.alittlelessfear.com where I have more information on the, some of the poetry that I create as well. I love poetry. It really, it, it just aligns me. It aligns me. I mean, I could, I could write 10 poems a day. It just channels right through me. It's really beautiful having this ability. That's amazing. And that is, that is an incredible ability. I keep telling my daughter to keep writing because she do, she too has that gift of having that the gift of writing of poetry and it's an incredible thing. So yeah, I'll, I definitely I'll want share to share one with there. you. Yes, please, please do. 
So um, also, there was something else I was going to add. I was going to add that um, in regards to, it wasn't meditation. It wasn't, was it cooking? Was it single poetic alignment? I'm sorry about that. I can't no, remember. No, I what did I the same that. thing. I'm I'm surprised with myself. I'm like, how did I forget what I really wanted to cover? <laughs> we'll get there. So this one, um, okay. Here's a poem that I just posted on Instagram. Okay. I find myself questioning who I am, even though I know I am love. Surrounding thoughts mm -hmm. tangle my true perception. Past memories get stuck and make it challenging to climb out of unlit spaces. But then I remember, I am the light, I am the sunshine, and I am the rain. Yeah, that's one. Oh, I love that. That's like it in a nutshell. I really like that. It's very descriptive and makes a lot of sense. It does. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So yeah, when I lost my voice, another thing, another reason why it was very painful for me was because I used to sing mariachi professionally in my teens. And so wow. when, when I couldn't sing anymore, when I couldn't speak anymore, I thought I loved to sing there. I love singing to this day. And there is no other feeling that's better than being on stage and seeing people sing your songs or people just enthralled by your voice. And you just all lit up on stage and you're just yeah. channeling what's coming out of your throat, out of your vocal cords, out of this area, out of your heart, out of your gut, and just, just channeling pure loving energy. And so it was one of the biggest griefs that I went through when I was in silence. I was like, oh my God, I'll never sing again. And so when my voice started to come back, one of the, I went to speech therapy for two years and in, in it, I was like, will I ever be able to sing again? Well, it looks like the, let's, let's try to do a G. When they all try to do a G, be like, Oh no, you got a scar tissue right there because I had some surgery in my vocal cord. So there was wow. like the letter G, I, I couldn't really do the G note. And so I just kept at it and now I can sing again. And it's just really beautiful. But but here's another thing. One, one more thing I wanted to share. And I, I know that it could be a little personal and family members are not the biggest fans of me sharing information, but I'm, I'm sharing it because I feel it's relevant to my journey. So my brother went through his own illness where he's a cancer survivor. And in, he ended up getting cancer in his, in his throat mm -hmm. and he ended up losing his voice box completely, which was very devastating for me because this is my brother, my only sibling. And I thought I will never hear my brother's voice again. And here I am getting my voice back, but my voice, my brother will never have a voice. Oh. And so then I realized when I go back to my journey, that everything I've gone through in life was to better understand humanity, to better understand the body to better understand what suffering is and to be there for my brother now because he he's now struggling with with what i struggled with two years and this is going to be the rest of his life and mm. so i i don't know what his pain and my pain is never going to equal e equate because nobody's pain there's no way to measure pain pain is just pain yeah but what i do know is that i i can be compassionate and i can be a little more understanding than the person who hasn't lost their voice and yeah. is it a coincidence that it happens to be my brother? I don't think so. And so I'm, I am blessed that I did have that opportunity in that silence and that I am able to see my brother with even more love and more compassion because I, I too suffered in that silence. And so I, I wanted to share that. I know he's very private about his life, but this is my journey as well. 
And I got to say that my brother is one of the most strongest men that I've ever met. <laughs> and that he inspires me so much every day. And I hope I can be as strong as he is. Really, really, uh, I really hope so. That's that's really awesome. I it, it is fascinating to me how your life's journey has really come um you know, where, where you're able to meet the needs of people who are so intertwined and close to you in life, like your brother, and you had already gone through the experience and you had already gone through learning how to communicate without a voice, you know, so you, I'm sure are just this massive support system for him. I try to be as much as I can, as much as I can. Yeah. Really. So I recall what I wanted to talk about, and it was the, okay. <laughs> the power of meditation and how you said that mm -hmm. when you, you found out and realized that you're going to write a book, you're going to start a podcast. And that was all through meditation. That was like this higher self guiding you and just saying, this is it. I'm going to give you the vision and you're going to go with it. And I, I think that that is something to be said, you know, for when we go deep into meditations and how it can really guide us where we're supposed to be. It can. And it's, it's really beautiful the way that happens. I feel that a lot of people are get a lot of people get intimidated by meditation. They feel that you, it's just, being quiet and not say, well, I can't be quiet. My mind is always thinking. Well, yes, that is true. But we can learn to differentiate what are our thoughts and what are messages coming in and make it fun. Like, are these my thoughts or is this a message? And a good way to differentiate that is almost always it's going to be yourself or your ego. If there are things coming in, thoughts that are based out of fear. But if it's a matter of fact thought or a one word answer, or if it's a loving thought, most likely that's a message or coming from your higher self. And almost always that's the right thing to do. And so when, I, I mean, I invite people to just try it out, sit in silence and ask a question, like, how am I feeling? How am I really feeling right now? Yeah. I Stress. love that you okay, share why? really, yeah. How to recognize what is coming from your highest self and what's just the normal chit chat yeah. that we have consistently going on in our minds. What kind of tips or tricks would you give to somebody who is just starting out in meditation? Some good. Well, I know this sounds cliche, but for reals, breathing. You always start with breathing. And if you could, if you can start by taking four breaths, as simple as four breaths, breathing in for four seconds, holding it four seconds, and releasing six. And then the next one, releasing seven seconds, releasing eight seconds. The next thing you know, your fourth breath will be a long release. Mm. And then the next thing you could do after that is when you do, or you could do the same exercise when you start and breathe in white golden light. And imagine white golden light coming in through your crown chakra, going through your body, filling you up with gold. And when you exhale, imagine exhaling dark smoke and all negative energy is coming out of you. Mm. You inhale gold again. And then exhale dark smoke. And by your fourth exhale, all this dark smoke is going to come out. And then you're going to picture it being clear smoke at the very end. You're going to feel so relaxed at the end. You're not even going to realize that that was even meditation. But that's a good way to start. That's the, that's that's the easiest way to start. That's an incredible way. I'm so glad that I asked you that because that's 
that's a really great description of somebody who would need guidance on how to start. So thank you so much it, for sharing that. It can that. be difficult, April. Like I think yeah. I was having some anxiety a couple of days ago and it, and I wasn't able to breathe from, from my belly. I was like, it was like locked in my chest, you know, where I was like, mm. oh, I feel, I feel, I feel tightness. So then I just really had to relax and you start with the slow breath, slow. The next thing I know, I took a deeper breath, deeper breath, and the tightness was gone. So it really just takes sitting down and, and just try to relax and trusting, trusting your breath. You know, one last thing, one thing I wanted to say, I didn't want I don't want to forget this. Also part of meditation, people have heard of affirmation, self-affirmations. Yeah. You know, one of the most beautiful things that I've, that I've found when I, when I do my self-affirmations in the morning is to, to not only self-affirmations where I am, or I do, or I have, or I believe, or I understand, or I know, but talk to your body, talk to your cells and talk to your immune system. And tell your immune system how much you love your immune system. And even write this down. I did it myself. This is why this is awesome. I wrote down, what would my body and what would my immune system tell me? What would it want me to know? And when I wrote it down, my, my body, my skin, my cells, they all told me, I love you, Lino. I'm courageous, Lino. I, I got your back, Lino. Everything's going to be all right. And I was reading all this. And I was like, wow, because that's also a form of meditation. You can even write. And so in reading this, I realized, wow, I love my body too. You love me body? Well, I love you too. Wow, my immune <laughs> system trusts me. I trust you too. Yeah. It's just, it's really beautiful when you start to connect with your body. So meditation isn't always just, what am I going to receive? But it's also connection. Yeah. I love to envision that all of my cells are just like flourishing and they're so healthy and they're dancing Forward. together, high-fiving each other. <laughs> yeah, they're just, and, and so speaking to your body is, is really important and really going as deep down with all of those areas that you can and, and concentrating on them, and especially the areas that are, are not doing so well. You know, if you have a broken heart, really concentrating on that heart yes. center and, you know, for you having, urinary issues, you know, concentrating right. on that area and just filling it up with love and light. And it does profound things. It really does. <laughs> I love it. So awesome. Thank you so much. I want to again, make sure that the audience knows where to find you. www.alittlelessfear.com. Great title, by the way. You. And you can also find that in the description. Dr. Lino, it has been awesome to have you on the wellness driven life show. I would love to know what's next for you. And is there anything else that you want to share with our audience today? Oh, geez. So what's next for me? Um, well, right now I'm, I'm, I go back to teaching. I'm a professor in psychology. So I go back in the fall, but I've got some incredible goals to help the deaf community with music in the near future. Um, exploring more theater and being more creative um, mm. with my passions and helping the deaf community and basically aligning the deaf community, being a bridge between the deaf community and the hearing world, because that's really not there right now. There's still a deviation. And so, um, but until then, I really need to go back to science school and become more fluent because I'm like a second grade level right now. So what's next for me in the near future is become completely fluent in American Sign Language, keep raising vibrations, Keep writing poetry, keep the e-cards, keep bringing joy and love into people's hearts, into my heart and into, into you. And thank you so much for this platform. I really appreciate it. 
You're welcome. Thank you so much too. You awesome. have such a great Thank you so much. story. Beautiful human being. Thank you. All right. Well, for everyone else, thank you so much for tuning in and goodbye for now. We will see you later.